0: This is the Grantastic Podcast. Okay, welcome to Grantastic Summer. How are for you?
1: Loving me? I'm so good. How are you?
0: I'm doing fabulous. You know, living my best life in San Francisco, as I can.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to hear it. Uh, you're you're really making it out there too. You're, you're living the best life.
0: I mean, ups and downs, but yes, yes. (laughs) But, but it's been, it's been a minute since like last time I saw you or talked to you, I think the last time I talked to you was when I was in Kenya.
1: Oh my gosh. That's right. When was that?
0: That was in July.
1: Wow. It's been a whole year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: I'm, gr- I'm glad we're reconnecting on the podcast. That's always, you know, it's great for this. But um, how you been catching up on the fantastic? I want to hear about everything, nonprofits, you know, what the world needs to do and all that good stuff.
1: <laughs> um, well, right now, I am working for a sustainability company out in Scottsdale, so... Um, we have this really cool technology that's able to turn water or turn sunlight and air into drinkable water. Um, and we do projects not just in developing countries, but that's what it was primarily built for. Um, but we also do like large scale residential. So different houses are able to get it. We do it for different companies. Like, um, some some of our big investors are like Microsoft and BlackRock and all these really cool people. Um, so I've just been getting really in-depth into the to the space. We're not a nonprofit technically. We're a public benefit corporation. So we're a for-profit, but we still have some of the perks of a nonprofit um, because we do give back to the public in many different ways. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been interesting working for a for-profit for the first time. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was going to say because your goal is it is nonprofit, but you're, at least you're giving back to the world that's like the key
1: yeah yeah and it's good to get a little bit of experience in both um i still want to eventually go back to nonprofits, just so there's a there's a different sense of community there um but it's good to learn about what it takes to do a business in a startup world of a for-profit and a non-profit and then come back together and um maybe if i want to do my own one day i'll have all this experience mm-hmm
0: yeah man oh my god just like so many ideas are popping in the head right now because like yeah that that's you know understanding you know for profit and nonprofit because a goal on Grantastic and everything is like to start like a non for music like for not for unprivileged kids to learn music and but like understanding the work and getting the board and like it, it there, there's a lot of steps you have to do and seeing just for profit nonprofit, would you say i know it's different works you have to do but would you say are there similarities between the two what you're doing right now or
1: i definitely would because technically our for-profit is a startup and i see so many similarities between a for-profit startup and a non-profit that's been around for even a decade just because um we still have to apply for funding um because we're a public benefit corporation we get to apply for grants and funding and we get um like government aid and stuff like that so um that's a lot of stuff that nonprofits have to do in order to just operate um to pay their employees to keep lights on in the building they have to apply for funding constantly Um, and then there's just some organizational things that are similar as well like we have a lot of movement and management. <clears throat> I think that, sorry, I'm getting over a little bit of a cold right now, but.
0: You're totally um, fine. You're totally chilling.
1: <laughs> one second, we'll get some water.
0: Totally good. <laughs> <clears throat> um,
1: I just think that structurally, like management will drop out pretty often. I think you have to be very resilient in a startup space <clears throat> and also in a nonprofit space because like since you're always applying for funding, there will be times where you don't have enough money to pay your employees or to keep the lights on as well. So those people that don't have the means to get through that, they, they need a constant paycheck or they need um, some kind of structure in their everyday life. They tend to um, kind of drop like flies pretty quick. So there's a lot of movement in the company. Um, there's a lot of movement in nonprofits all the time. So <clears throat> we're um, going through that right now at work. So it happens all the time, but it kind of keeps me on my toes and it allows me to meet a lot of new people. Um, and then I find that...
0: <clears throat> you're good. You're Sorry. good. You know, Get all the cops in. You're chilling. It <laughs> is totally fine. We're here for it. It's all... <laughs>
1: Yep, it's that time, you know, um, but yeah, so I, I just think it's a, it's a really cool experience because when you're in the kind of the infancy of any company, whether it's a nonprofit or not, it's kind of like you're learning by drinking out of a water hose, like it's just all this information all at once, um, and then you find that the people that do stick around, um, they're usually the ones that have already had decades of experience in their industry, and They've made all the money that they can at these different companies, these big tech firms. Like, for example, the guy that I don't know if you know those um, kid pouches of like apple juice or applesauce. Like, there's like those pouches of like fruit smoothies for kids. Um, Our brand, our president of brand, invented those. So like he's already made all the money that he's going to make anywhere else in the world. Uh, But he just wanted to find a company that he can give back. So now we've, we have all these incredible people with um, such diverse talents and all of this like renowned talent as well um, working for us. Um, and they're like the most resilient because when you come to work for a startup in a nonprofit, similarly, you're going to be taking a pay cut, but you're doing it because it's more than that to most people.
0: Definitely. And I think, you know, not to say people who are in regular businesses and stuff you don't like have a heart or anything but mm-hmm. like you're in non-profits because you want to do the greater good and i don't know like whatever it is helping kids which or you know helping third world country whatever like there's this sense of like you know i feel like as humans our job is to help others that's like that's the point not to be greedy and keep the money to yourselves because like what does money do for you yeah it gives you like a house and this and that but seeing smiles on other people's faces or building connections and memories is like that's the goal man that's like what we're here for and mm-hmm. um like you said i think definitely the people who want to do nonprofits are here to actually do it versus people who want to make the money and i think but do you think for someone who's interested in doing nonprofits do you think or want to start their own they should first volunteer or first you know see what it's like before trying to start their own or maybe they got a like a bachelor's in it or something
1: yeah i definitely think it requires a lot of experience there are some people who out of high school or i don't know midlife crisis they create a nonprofit, ends up being really successful and you know kudos to them it takes a lot of hard work but um it's also good to evaluate why, why would you want to start the nonprofit? What is it about your nonprofit that will center yourself out of everyone else? Because what tends to happen is, like, for me, in my instance, like, if I were to start a nonprofit, it'd be a water nonprofit to give water to people who don't have it, because um, what my company does. But um, if I were to do that, I st- essentially would be decentralizing resources from the greater good. So now we have all of these war nonprofits populating around the world. But if we were to all just come together with all of our resources and work in one place and then use all of our talents that way instead of competing against one another for more funds or something like that, the mission might be able to get done faster or more efficiently. Um, so it's good to look at what is it about your nonprofit that you can accomplish on your own that you couldn't do somewhere else. Um, but definitely having that experience, I think some of the more successful nonprofits come from people who have seen the ups and downs of the corporate world. And, um, they have all of that experience under their belt and they're very resilient people who are okay with, you know, bad funding years and they can take that blow. So, um, It's definitely hard if you're just going to start it out of the blue, because if that's what you're going to rely on for your own income, you're probably not going to be paying yourself for a few years um, or even like maybe five to 10 years of the first, like the infancy of the startup or the nonprofit. So it it takes a lot of evaluation. I think after all of the experience I've had, I wouldn't start my own. I would just want to kind of scale up in one that I really believe in. Um, give my talent somewhere that needs it rather than take resources away from the cause.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, definitely you you need to have like a funding unless you have like an angel investor or you get enough people who see this vision that you're pre- you know eye to eye and then you you they can be like your you know piggy bank or your money you know and just like support you and like that's been. I think the hardest at least what i'm realizing to start something you gotta find someone who's interested in the same like music kids spreading the love and like it takes a minute but once you figure it out once and also finding people on the board member who've done nonprofits, you can't just Mm -hmm. get random fucking people bring them together because it's gonna be a shit show like it's just (laughs) like hearing stories from other friends and everything it's just like I don't know you just gotta have some wisdom but like also you started for people who don't know on grandtastic a non-profit club at arizona um which i guess is not common in the eller clubs i guess would you say
1: oh for sure yeah our business college eller at the u of a we all the the non or all the different clubs they were mostly like you know women in business which was amazing where it was like um young professionals in economics or it was people who wanted to get into uh, government and politics it was like it was those people who really wanted to get into very corporate places after college Um, but there was nothing around the world of like startups or um, there's only one about global business that I was the president of as well there wasn't very many that was about giving back it was all about where can you make the most money, which is still you know, commendable in itself. It's hard to make a lot of money in certain industries, but um, I think that it's also really important to, um, I think it's called a, a CR or something. It's um, like every company is supposed to have some kind of gov- corporate governance to the public. Um, so if you have clubs like that in your college, then you can also learn about, okay, if I wanna start my own company one day, how can I give back to the people that I'm supposed to be serving or like to my Mm -hmm. major consumer group, um, a corporate sustainability, I think is what it's called or like responsibility. So, um, yeah, I learned a lot about nonprofits in that club and, um, you meet some really cool people because when you're surrounded by a bunch of people who just want to make money, then you find the few people that want to make a difference. You tend to gravitate towards them. Um, and I really loved my time with uh, the students consulting for nonprofit organizations, Um, but it taught me a lot. It was kind of like running a mini nonprofit in itself. It was like running a business. I got no pay for it, but I was, it was like 24 seven. I was doing something for that club and I loved it, but it was exhausting. (laughs)
0: uh, The club's still active today, right? After, since you graduated?
1: Yeah, it is. I was able to pass the baton to just the most incredible um, person on my executive board, and she did such a good job. I went to their uh, final projects of their client night, so all the student groups got together, and they um, presented their projects to their nonprofit clients, and they did such a good job. I was just blown away. Every year we just find these incredible students who want to give back, and they all come with such innovative ideas and um, different expertise from different fields, and. Um, their backgrounds are incredible. You find that one person ends up wanting to consult for um, a club centered around art because their younger brother who has a mental disability found peace through art as they were growing up and they found they really wanted to do a nonprofit about it. And like just these stories are like incredible and they're moving. And I think that people are really missing out on some of the most amazing parts of running a business is connecting with the people that you work with and the people that you serve. And that's what nonprofits are all about.
0: You would think, well, I I don't know. I would, I was going to say, you would think, you know, Eller would see that and be all about giving back, but also not shaming or whatever (laughs) at Eller or Arizona, but you know, it's definitely not Cal or, you know, blue state out here in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. They're all about the money, but like, um, I think the people, but there are good hearted people there. And I think it's great that what you did and like because nonprofits should, you know, there should be more clubs about it. And like they finally I remember like they have a minor for uh you can get a minor in nonprofits at U of A. They started. Cool.
1: <laughs> but they
0: they should become like a major. It's like, you know, it, it should not just a minor because it there's so much detail and stuff and like information and experience you can learn. And there's teachers there who do run nonprofits professors and I think turning that into a major and then like having whatever the students to create their like you know own club or whatever or Mm -hmm. like project of it and then try to get the hours and try to get people to work together I think it really opens your mind and especially now like with the world and it's like everything's falling apart like (laughs) we like need nonprofits and like or people who are just good-hearted folks to come together
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, it should be its whole major. It should be it should be taught in high schools, not necessarily just nonprofits, but about like the importance of giving back in some way. Like there should be volunteer clubs on schools, and like a lot of schools do have like UNICEF clubs, which is really cool. Um, but the majority of the clubs are like Future Business Leaders of America or futures Farmers of America. Like it's it's and those are all great clubs, um, nothing bad to say about them at all, but I think if we had a lot more education around uh, what it takes to really give back to the community and teaching kids that, like, having a hands-on experience, taking them to, like, you know, the pet shelter and volunteering there, taking them to, um, you know, a, a soup kitchen, having them serve there, it's, just, even though it's, like, when you hear that, it kind of, a lot of people will be like, oh, I don't want to, like, spend my free time, like, cleaning up cat poop or whatever but it's not even like that you get to meet really cool people who are serving their lives to a place that they don't get paid at they're doing because they love it and how often do you see that like in my company we all get paid so it's not like anyone's here just out of completely the kindness Mm -hmm. of their heart um so when you come across people like that it's just it opens up your mind so much more and that it's a really big motivator
0: yeah and you, you said your company focuses on like water right So do you ever, like in Michigan, do you guys help with that situation out there?
1: I think that there's been talk about trying to get um, some opportunities out there. I know that it's crazy that that's still happening. There's been some kind of government action out there trying to redo some of the pipes that burst that were had headlight on them and everything. But I think that the damage in Flint, Michigan is so harsh that none of the solution is going to come from fixing the mistake anymore um that's kind of just the situation now their water is what it is and the only way to get around that is through innovative technologies like my own company um i think that for what my company could provide um it wouldn't be enough for flint michigan because they need a whole city needs water um so it's probably why we haven't reached out there soon like we mainly work in smaller communities and schools and buildings because we can serve populations of maybe up to a few hundred, but like a few thousand, probably not. We wouldn't be able to meet their their demand, but there are definitely a lot of really cool innovative technologies in water going on right now. I know that um, I think last year the, the U.S. government had released um, a bunch of funds specifically for water technology. It was like billion going towards water tech to invest in those companies. So I'm hoping that there will be some kind of really interesting water filtration device out there that a nonprofit could put out there or something that can renew the water that's there, that's drinkable. But um, yeah, Flint is really unfortunate that they're still going through that. And it's in America, like people in America still have water.
0: You you would, you would think you would.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You'd really think
0: you would think but lately you know america's just been kind of like fucking up and like i was talking about this with my neighbors like um you know people are celebrating fourth of july and everything and it's like um i don't know like just my point of view in this podcast is just open you know we just talk about whatever's happening and it's just like how can we celebrate like with all like you know with the flint michigan and then you know road versus wade and like you know the Supreme Court and Black Lives Matter and all this, like, shit that just keeps happening. And then, you know, Ukraine and it's just, like, Mm -hmm. everything is so divided in this world. It's so, like, it doesn't make sense. It's, like, one of my neighbors, who's kind of a hippie, he's just, like, it's, like, a bad trip, man. And I'm, like, yeah, man, it (laughs) is such a bad... (laughs) It's just a really bad trip, and you just can't get out of it, and you're just, like, just trying to find the way or trying to find a way to calm down. But, yeah, I mean, you're in Arizona, right? That's where... And like, what could you say? How do you, how do pe- people how do females feel about what's happened? You know, in your because you're it's a purple state I think now we call it right. It's not red or blue. Yeah, it's,
1: it's it mean. flips. It's, I'm kind of surprised that it was that it turned blue because Arizona is just always and it's still you can still tell that it's very deeply rooted in red everywhere here. Um, but yeah, I, every, everyone's just turned up about it. I think. I didn't realize just how personal that was like when I heard that they were going to overturn it. I was like, yeah, right. They're going to overturn it. Sure. But it's real and it's happening. And I, I talk about it with my friends all the time. And I saw um, a post recently that was like, people are um, boycotting the 4th of July. Cause there's a, they said there's a lack of independence right now. So um, I completely understand that um, for the most part, I, I don't know. It's hard to say with, I don't know how the the decision came to be with the Supreme Court and everything like that, but I have friends on both sides that just are completely appalled and they take it so personally and I feel mostly for the minority communities that like now they have to go and travel to a state where they're able to or like no who has the funds for that like if oh, yeah. you don't have the money anyways to support a baby, how are you going to be able to take time off work to go travel out and like for whatever reason it might be? I just like this is only further um oppressing our minority communities and every decision that's being made from our government now it's just it's a reflection of that
0: it no well i mean yeah well said it's just it's so it's so fucked up especially like if you're in those like southern states real deep down where it's just all you know like louisiana and you have a child and it's like there's no way wherever your closest blue state is to get the abortion it's it's fucked mm-hmm. up and like i don't know like it's just their like their their ideas of like you know like how like we'll stop rape, you know, we'll prevent it, like you can't like there's like th- th- yeah. it makes no it makes no sense these white mens, and then that one female lady who I'm just appalled that she like she thinks it go this is fine and it's like like there's someone was saying like our this country's becoming like that t v show that Catholic show where all the girls you know where the 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 red dress and the I don't know what the show's called, but
1: oh, um Handmaid's Tale.
0: I I, probably yeah something like that. That's what this like country's becoming. And they were making a joke, but it's like I don't know. People are like bringing Christianity values and like making it by law, like all the stuff that's happening. And yeah,
1: we're not separating church and state anymore. Like they're talking that they want to do that. Like and like there are certain NFL coaches or like I don't know if it's NFL but sport coaches that are getting fired for praying during the national anthem or something because it's not separation of church and state but what about right now the whole reason that people are maybe against abortions is for religious reasons. it's not because of the republic party it's because of religious reasons that are rooted in the republic party so it like how are you really going to be one to say that it's separated and it's not i mean there's nothing in any bill that's been passed underneath a red, legis- red legislator that has talked about how women shouldn't have abortions like that's not about it it's all about religion so and so whatever happened to being able to choose your own religion like for us we don't have like a we don't have a religion that is our official religion like some other countries we're supposed to be a melting pot but yet here we are
0: yeah it doesn't feel like it at all and it's like i'm not hating on christians or catholics at all i'm just saying like we all like we need to look what's happening because it really, like you're saying, you know, it's feeling like Catholics are taking over the world. And it's like, how does that make other people who are in different religions or people who aren't religious at all, you know, it makes them feel like an outsider or what that people would say an alien. And it's, it's, it shouldn't be like that at all. I understand. Like you can be whatever religion you want to be. I don't care, but don't make it by law. You know, that someone has to, follow this a woman in her own body is her own body you let her Mm -hmm. decide what she want to do and it's it's insane and you hear some of these people these magas and i'm like Mm -hmm. and like i know my this channel's liberal as fuck because i rooted all you fucking (laughs) like magas and i don't even hate republicans because i have friends who vote who are republican who voted for biden it's just like there's like You know republicans and then you got this far fucking right just maggot insane people it's
1: complete extremism i mean there's extremists on both sides but it's like the extremists of um the republican party are like i've never lived in a world where like it's known that your next door neighbor could be a neo-nazi and that's happening like that's everywhere right now there are people coming out of the woodwork and they are crazy and they are literal neo-nazis who are white supremacists who are rude in the republican party And they're using their political stance as a reason to do hate crimes, like driving into a parade of um, anti, or a a parade of LGBTQ. Yeah, yeah. How is that okay? Why are we doing that?
0: (laughs) No, exactly. It needs like, and like, it just seems like it keeps getting worse and worse. And you see cops get there, or no, take even there was an example, well, we're taking cops. Wow, well, we're just going down this road. I'm here for it, though. <laughs> like, you know, there was a parade. I don't know if it was in uh, Sacramento. I forget where. It was somewhere in California. But, like, it was, like, kind of in, like, a bumfuck nowhere or whatever. And they had a pride parade. But the police weren't for it, you know, because they were just, like, they stopped the parade. And then they would, like, shove women on the ground and then started arresting. And it was so, so fucked up. And, you know, like. I'm not saying, like, all cops are bad. Like, I am, I think, you know, there are good cops, and there are people who want to protect people. And I think we need cops, obviously. We just need to, like, reform, you know. Like, I talked mm-hmm. to my cousins from Norway. Like, they are telling me it takes about four years to become a cop. Here, it takes about As six it's months. True, it's
1: a serious profession. It should, you should have to have, like, a degree or at least some, like, ten years experience to get on the force. Like, you should be put through more than just a boot camp
0: yeah and you're getting a fucking gun like what the fuck yeah. is like it this, this world we live in it's it's i don't know like and then being in san francisco i don't know like i'm privileged and i'm thankful that i'm in this little blue bubble because like when all this happens this is this doesn't happen at all like it's just i mean don't get me wrong uh crime here has kind of risen lately um because they put in a law and like you can if you steal under a thousand dollars you don't go to jail like that was some law they put here and that backfired and you know people's cars are getting broken into and it's it's like it has to be a balance that's what i'm saying that's what i'm trying to get to is that you know my, though we're liberal and it's blue and we're trying to help others there has to be like a balance because more like the crime rate here has risen like up by 30% or something. And people are trying. Yeah, Yeah, it's like tenderloins. If you know what that area is, or just like, um, kind of hate Ashbury areas, like it's getting a little rough. But yeah, there's need a balance in the world. And I don't know, like, it's great to hear about nonprofits and that there's a chance where there can still be good in this world. And people can just like you still have to see the light. That is Mm where I'm trying to get to. And it's so hard in these times for I feel like for people who are trying to come to this country or women or, you know, yeah, I don't know where else. I just feel like if you're just not a white male, it's just not, it's not (laughs) it, sadly, to say with this country. And I was trying to like, we talked about me like I think on a while back, like I was trying to move to Kenya and like live That's out right. there in the Maasai and just like help the orphanage kids. And like with all this is happening, I'm like, God damn it. Like I wish I went that route kind of in a way. Or honestly, right now I'm, I'm applying to some jobs in Barcelona and trying really? to like live my life out there. Yeah, just like, you know work like at a music studio but then also like do like maybe some volunteering like at like an orphanage or something for teach people music or something. Because mm-hmm. like over there like you got healthcare, you got, you know, uh so many more benefits that you you don't really have here. And the pension's better. I mean what they're mm-hmm. trying to pay me is like double it from a job if I try to find here in San Francisco or anywhere in America. Oh, yeah, cutthroat.
1: Especially in yeah. San Francisco
0: definitely but sure. you no, went, yeah
1: i don't blame you
0: <laughs> but you went to africa too you went to south was that for fun or yeah, was that for, for a, uh nonprofit. like a educate like okay so what, what did you learn from the non-profits
1: yeah um i interned at a non-profit called water for cape town and we were all centered around education so we wanted to educate the public about proper water conservation practices because it was right after they had just avoided day zero, which is when all their taps were going to run dry because they ran out of water. So the city really came together and they had jerry cans and they lined up by water sources in their neighborhood and they stopped using as much water when they shower. They stopped, you know, letting the faucet run when they do their dishes. They just stopped all of those crazy consumption habits and they were able to avoid day zero. So what, Water for Cape Town wanted to do was just encourage those habits because they saw a huge spike in um, water consumption, just completely increase after they avoided day zeros and their dams filled up again during a rainfall because they thought they were out of the 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 mud basically. But that could always just happen again. I mean, the world is going through a drought right now, so um, I learned some really incredible things. I mean, we were a team of four and we were running a nonprofit, and so. I ran the website and I made most of the marketing materials. We had someone on research and she did all the research. One person was on education. She planned all of the school visits and getting with the kids and talking about like giving them packets about learning about, you know, don't let your shower run for more than this amount of time because then you're wasting this many gallons of water. Um, so it was an incredible experience. That was really where I learned that I didn't want to start my own nonprofit though because of I, oh. I saw how just how difficult it is um, and not that I couldn't do it. I'm sure it could really pile the metal and do it, and it would be amazing. but um I think that had water for Cape Town partnered with some other nonprofits around the area that were doing the same thing, um, it could have been a powerhouse because Cape Town really needed it. But they were doing it by themselves and it's really hard to do that when, you know, every single person on the team has a day job and they have kids or they have um, night classes and um, so I mean that Cape Town is beautiful I would just live there if I could Um, incredible place to visit I know some people that have traveled the entire world and they say Cape Town is the best place they have ever visited before so. Um, I go back in a heartbeat and I learned a lot about just appreciating my resources and how valuable water is um, and how, when, you know, an entire population is about to run out of their most precious resource, how does it doesn't matter what your politics are. doesn't matter what your gender or your race is like, we're going to come together and we're going to survive. And they did that. And so Cape Town is just filled with resilient people and they're just also kind. So I definitely yeah. suggest anyone visit and, and learn about the the water scarcity there
0: and it was how did you find did u of a hook this up was this at like the when they have that world you can go off for a broad year kind of situation
1: yeah it was for a summer so like two and a half for three months um you can sign up for uh well you have to apply to an internship program so i applied to ciee i don't know what it stands for but um And they, you get to kind of pick the location that you want to go in, and you interview, and you let them know what types of jobs you would want to work for, and they match you up with usually a nonprofit to work for. Um, And I told them like I just want to work for a water nonprofit. Like there's no better place to learn than Cape Town. And so of course they found me water for Cape Town, and um, I worked there every five days a week um, for two and a half months, and I met some incredible people. So. Uh, an experience of a lifetime. I think everyone should intern for a nonprofit. It's Mm -hmm. such a good experience. And um, especially if you're not in the US, (laughs) you learn a lot. Definitely.
0: Well, it made you realize, you know, you just said like, made you realize not to start your own, you know, because like, would you say if you haven't had that experience, you would still try to start your own nonprofit without like realizing all the work that really goes into it? (laughs)
1: yeah sorry,
0: I'm gonna cough for a minute. It's all good. I'll just you know for people who just oh, listen
1: myself
0: I'm just gonna talk. I hope we're all <laughs> doing good. Summer's coughing if you're just listening, putting a thumbs up. you know how it is. This is like <laughs> you know this is just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we're learning a lot today, folks. That's Ooh. what matters.
1: <coughs> Ooh, okay sorry, um. Yes, the answer is yes. If I didn't go to Cape Town, I would try to start my own nonprofit because I, um, <coughs> sorry, I saw so many, uh, really successful nonprofit owners and founders, um, and I wanted to be like them. But I also found in Cape Town that it's not all glamorous as it looks. <coughs> oh man.
0: You're totally, you're totally. Oh my God. This is what I'm going to use for the promo, like my little short clip, whatever, just the coughing and just the muting here. This is just going to be perfect.
1: Oh, man, I'm so sorry.
0: No, you're totally fine. You're totally chilling. I'm just joking.
1: (laughs) Oh, this is great content. Such good content.
0: 100%. My views are going to go skyrocketing after this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to start over really quick.
0: (laughs) Totally fine. So, anyways, what we learned so far here is, you know, always volunteer a nonprofit beforehand don't just go into it like blaze of glory because that's not going to work out and if you like what you see and you're down for all the hard work then try to figure out starting your own but recommend probably work at one for a few years and then take some people there and just create your own
1: definitely it's a good summary <laughs> you got it all down fantastic
0: thank you thank you summer thank you we we try yeah i think i think you know i just wish more like and i don't know this is just from us going to u of a i just wish there was more volunteering that u of a promoted or maybe there was and i just didn't look i just you know but it feels like if you wanted like there was no like self serve like i don't know if self-service is the word i guess volunteering like there's no flyers or there's no you know emails or whatever that was promoting it like i feel like that's something that could be so huge for U of A to start like an actual, cl- like more clubs, because there is a club, but like actual more clubs to actually help or, you know, service for helping around campus or like kids who, you know, have autism or are deaf or something like that, you know. And understand, like the average Joe is probably like, why should I help this kid versus I could go be partying or going on a date? or rock climbing or whatever the fuck you want to do at your time at u of a man but you know there are good-hearted people who do see the you know i don't know if the word is pro but the, the the difference you can make and because like i think maybe this is just a maturity thing and like as we grow older and everything as we talk about alan watts and all that stuff but like you know helping other people when you see they need it most is the best reward you can get like the Like knowledge is the greatest reward and like passing on passing that down to someone who doesn't have a chance to go get a well-educated or getting a strong education at a university. God, you, the difference you make in people's lives. It's unbelievable, unspeakable.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was uh, pretty hard to find at the U of A. But but
0: But how many people, how many members were at your, you know, club?
1: I think at our peak 20, and that was after like a lot of marketing and a lot of reaching out and handing out flyers and attending events, it was hard to find people. Um, Oh, man. Um, I think, I think that it was like that because you have us and we don't have a lot of resources. We're not getting funding from Eller as much as the people who have parents who were in, you know, women in economics or parents who were in um, some of the bigger like sororities and uh, frats that were a part of Eller. Um, so Eller or is primarily going to fund those where they have some kind of alumni connection, but as you know, we were so small uh, to begin with and we were like a new chapter. So there weren't a lot of uh, advocates on our side who were like, you know what, is doing great things, you should fund them, when in reality, there's a club who has like 80 to 100 members who's going to be bringing in a lot more money for Eller. Um, but I think that we are moving in the right direction, because when I was visiting Eller and I went to Esino's client night, um, there were, there were a lot more students than there had been when I was president. Um, And I think that there was a certain peak of interest that comes from the generation after us um, or from the newer students that are coming into college. Um, It's not all about just trying to pay the bills anymore or who has the most money, who is bringing the most revenue. It's about these change makers and the people, those kids that are born in the 2000s now who are coming into college, they are change makers. Um, So they're starting to look into those clubs that, um, want to make a difference um, and I wish that you know maybe if I had born just a few years later I could have been a part of that but yeah. um, to kind of be a pioneer of that and see how it's grown it's, it's really cool uh,
0: yeah you were um, the founder of it look at that
1: <laughs> well I mean maybe not exactly the founder I was a new chapter president but yeah Um, gratefully as you know is at many other co- colleges I think we're in Vanderbilt um we're in a couple uh, UC schools, so um it's not just at the u of a it's everywhere uh, and it's growing, but it definitely takes some pretty like driven people to make it happen because s c n o probably won't have the amount of resources as many other clubs, but um we'll have a lot of really cool people,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, i I think that's you know overall that's just great that you start you know you you help push it you know at u of a and get it you know, get the ball rolling and like i've been thinking about like i just talked to jack recently moody for people who don't know who that is that's that was my roommate um and my brother um but like jack. i was just I, yeah <laughs> okay for real quick side story we all met in econ i don't know what it was 2200 200 or whatever and something like yeah, that yeah jack was the man he definitely helped us with those quizzes that's all i'm going to say and don't hope no one hears that
1: all of the countries in an entire continent like who is who does that
0: he was my way for passing that class i'm just gonna say i hope the teacher never hears this podcast but here we are now um but (laughs) but i was thinking about like you know it's weird how like it's been a year since we've been out of college a year and a few months now and i was just thinking about like you know you talked about clubs and i like I wish I joined the nonprofit club, you know, I wish I got into more clubs just looking back at college. And I don't want to sound like I'm an old head or some shit, but like, just like, it went so fucking fast, man. And like, you know, like, have you ever thought like, have you or any of your other friends like thought about like college and like thinking like, you know, they always ask you, like, did you uh, do you have any regrets? And it's like, yeah, I wish I did more like clubs or did more activities, got more involved. Like, I'm happy, like, who the people I've met and like all my granolas out there and just like reviving, hammocking, <laughs> sa- sabers, black crown. If you all know what that was, oh, yeah. oh, like, yeah. th- that was like, you know, in vinyl shopping, like, we did all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I-, I was having like a nostalgia moment like uh, two days ago thinking about this.
1: Yeah. Um, oh. So many regrets. I mean, you don't find out about all these cool things that are going on on campus until you're a senior. Like, that's how it works. So, I mean, I wish I would have joined, like, some kind of intramural sport just because I went through all college not, like, being around active people. Like, I was head down at a computer trying to make a club work, um, and it was worth every second of it. But um, then I think about how much I gave up socially to make that happen. Yeah, And now I'm graduated and um, luckily, you know, you and I have reconnected and keeping in contact. Um, but after kind of putting my head down and like really putting myself towards my studies and my classes and my clubs, I realized I left with way less friends than I started with in college. And the people that you leave with and the network that you create in college is your most important asset. It doesn't matter how many clubs you join, if you don't meet a single friend. Or if you don't have a single person that you can make a reference to later in life, it just it was all for nothing. And I have a lot of people from those clubs that I can go to for that kind of stuff. But being the president, they're all going to come to me for references. Um, so it's going to be a little bit different.
0: Yeah, that it's it's like that makes it a little bit harder because if I get yeah, so that's I don't know if that's a double edged sword, but like yeah, that's kind of but like going but i want to go back to what you were saying about like how you know started with friends but then it got shorter but like you know that could be a good thing too you know like Mm -hmm. like you you weaved out you can use whatever words fake not the real ones you know like the people who actually have your back because i feel like the same like freshman year i met a bunch of people for sure but then Mm -hmm. over the years like like we talked about this before i think you know about just like, you know, self love and like the people who like the re- your real people who actually care for you, like if something happened, you know, they got your back. And re- reflecting on that, like right now, just kind of in this moment, like having like all these thoughts right now, man, this is what's just amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like a good thing, because would you rather have a bunch of people, you know, you started with, but weren't really there for you? Like, they're just kind of I don't know if the worst flakes, but they're like, okay, friends versus like, your real, like, solid five good friends, who you know, who have your back? I mean, that's how I oh, see I it. I definitely
1: know what you mean. Yeah, there I had plenty of friends my freshman year that I, I'm glad I don't talk to anymore. <laughs> Which is fine.
0: Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, totally fine. And um, the few people that I do talk to now, like they're lifelong friends. Um, I think that there are definitely situations where I could have, you know, talked to that person that I sat next to in class more, or I could have, um, you know, just tried to make some more connections when I was head down trying to get stuff done. But um, the friends I came out of college with are definitely keepers. And, uh, And I'm sure there will be like many more opportunities to make more friends. I didn't realize just how much harder it is to make friends in your 20s than when like, you were in college when you're surrounded by your friends every day Ah. Um, but once you move away and you get that first job your your coworkers are your friends and um or your community are your friends but it's a it's a much more it's a different experience
0: oh a hundred percent no one tells you this like i don't know why (laughs) no not even my parents told me this i was like what the fuck like you know I, i definitely feel that especially like i feel like a lot of my friends after tucson they all just moved to phoenix you know that's mm-hmm. just like they got jobs at the job fairs which is in phoenix except for one person i know they moved to sf too but and like so you kind of have like those friends bases, you know who you see and stuff like you say your coworkers and stuff but after but like when do you once you finish college and if you go to a whole different state and stuff and you have to try to find people again and it's like it's hard to stay reconnect with those people you know it's hard you, mm-hmm. you guys have to put in the effort and it's um but it's worth it at the end of the day and I don't know people I feel like like we're talking about you know making friends at age 20 and stuff like definitely or maybe this is also with COVID but people are more Mm -hmm. introverted I feel like you definitely like um you gotta like you want to become their friends but you don't want to freak them out like like me (laughs) I'm always like I don't know it's a good analogy but like i'm just like a dog or something i just want to be your friend <laughs> i'm a golden retriever and i just want to <laughs> be everyone's friend and just like just have a good time but people are a little bit more reserved i don't know i feel like that's everywhere but here for sure in san francisco like people just give you the resting bitch face and it's like okay Weird, yeah, yeah 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 i mean i don't want to say everyone but like you do get some people who just like i mean i feel like at least where i'm at in the marina district mm-hmm. uh they give you that face like just don't look at me and it's like but they could be the sweetest person ever and i think definitely it's hard to meet people unless you do like um if your community or wherever you live have some events that you can join or join i guess hobby clubs or whatever they are today Mm -hmm. like me and my neighbor joined a tennis league here and we're playing the frat bros in the merino for three thousand (laughs) dollars and we're gonna try to win it so here we are
1: do it yeah you have to find like these your little events happening to make friends now. You have to really reach out. Like, I never thought that I would do this, but and it's really hard to make friends in Phoenix too because it, Phoenix is so big. It's mm-hmm. huge. So, like my neighbors are all in their sixties and seventies retiring because there really isn't like a pocket of post college grads that you can go move to. Yeah. Um. So I went online and I found on meetup.com a bunch of people in the same position as me who are trying to meet people out of college and I met some people we went on like a a walk in downtown Phoenix and it was a group of girls and 200 girls showed up just to walk with each other because we haven't talked to girls our age or made friends with girls our age in forever and it was so refreshing just to meet new people um but it's also important to remember like there are thousands of people in your same situation in our situation who like I didn't think it would be this hard to socialize especially after COVID or um, after college it's, it's a really weird transition that no one talks about
0: no one talks about it. no one like there's no like book on how to socialize or anything like that when COVID hit I remember this was fucking in business class with Dirk I think that I think I think it was Dirk I don't know who it was But whoever it was, I just remember sitting next to my friend Brody and it was just like COVID happened and the shit just flipped and it was just Mm -hmm. people were becoming introverted, introverted, introverted. And it was like hard to pry people open or try to hang out. People got so comfy being at home and then work too, doing work at home. It's like they didn't want to to go see people because it got them feeling weird or whatever. Like people, it's so easy for someone to sit here with their monitor on the screen coding or whatever work you have to do answering emails and going into the office. But like, I love, you know, riding my bike or car or driving my car to half, you know, across town to go to grad school for music and just meet all the professors, see homeless people yelling at me, you know, just <laughs> trying to get back with the community because like that value of community seems like it's disappearing. And I don't know, I think there's a lot to learn. And I I'm curious, like you say, you know, you wish you kind of went started college with these 2000 kids but think about like like if you did you know like you would have to enter covid your era for high school oh gosh, and then yeah. you're like you're like first freshman to i guess junior because we it was normal for us until then it would be a whole different experience it like and i yeah, think about that My really si- weird. my siblings are in college right now and it's like they tell me it's just weird how it's, it's it's even harder for them to meet people unless you join a frat or sorority. That's the only way you can really, and clubs, but really the frat and sororities, they tell me, that's how you really, you know, find people.
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I guess I'm going to skip all of that and just start like right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah it,
1: That'd be hard. I really did feel so bad for class of 2020. Like my friend graduated from chemical engineering in 2020 and she just cried. She was just so sad. I mean, you work so hard. You work really hard to graduate. I worked so hard. Well,
0: think about and us. We, we got, didn't even
1: luckily we got to walk. But we didn't get the big U of A graduation, and that was bad. But not having one at all. Oh my gosh, would be devastating.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I don't know. I was so excited to see, like, you know, who was going to talk at our graduation. You know, I was really betting Bernie, but that didn't happen. I mean, I should have realized it was never going to be Bernie. But you know, a boy can dream. But then we get we didn't get anyone and i was like god damn like that was i don't know i think about that a lot how our graduation is definitely different how this whole like past two or three years and it seems like everything's getting back to normal like there's hybrids or people are kind of going back to the office but still it feels weird like the work environment and trying to connect with folks and but that's cool that you were saying like you found the what was it called group up or
1: oh meetup.com meet, yeah, meet up. it sounds super cheesy and i wanted to do no, it but no no you're you're yeah. chilling there's
0: there is no judgment here we we are here <laughs> we are here for whatever because it's hard it's just like yeah it's not easy when you get 20 or 30 when you get the older you get it's harder i feel like you it's just kind of yeah it's i don't know what that is with that mindset but you know um I definitely need, I actually trying to join this kickball league here in San Francisco. And like, they all go to Golden Gate Park and there's like a huge tournament for kickball and spikeball. And I'm just here for the kickball, man. Like you see, Mm -hmm. and I'm talking about there's all ages. So I saw one of them. They had one here at Marina Green uh right across the street from me and i shit you not you had all ages you had this one person who was like 70 or like 85 and like he's old but he's super cute and he just kind of kicks the ball and he's trying to run <laughs> to the base and oh, i'm just really like cute. a hundred percent and i'm causing traffic because i'm so interested in my car like watching this and i'm hearing all these people saying fuck you to me and like trying to go around me but i'm so invested in this it's like and that's like the best thing when you find like a group like that it doesn't matter like Age is irrelevant because the mind and soul—that's all. If you all can connect like that, that's all that matters. And like they're all having fun, and like they went easy to like got the ball, but like they didn't tag him out. Like he's like, okay, let them get first base, and then we'll get him. And then the next person mm-hmm. go and then they tagged him out. But like just for him to get to the first base, and I was like, yeah, man, that's that's what I'm here for. And like there's something called, I don't, yeah, you probably have. Do you know what So Far Sounds is?
1: I haven't heard of that.
0: Okay, plugging So Far Sounds. this is like i do a part-time gig for them like so far if i'm like giving a huge plug here uh so they're around they're everywhere around the world and it's like for people to connect so they're small like venues and it's all acoustic like mtv unplugged kind of situation so you get your ticket and it could be at any place it could be like at an rei store or it could be at someone's house and it's intimate like there's about maybe 60 or 70 people and you buy the ticket but you don't know who's performing so you're just going with luck of the job, but they're good. I'm t- telling you, like, they, mm-hmm. they they do a check on the artists to make sure they're good. But, like, you get there and, you know, you bring some pillows and blankets, your own bottle of wine, whatever, alcohol. And you just talk to people, you meet them. And they have an MC and they kind of hype you all up. And then you have three acts and there's, like, intermission breaks, like, 25-minute breaks. And you have to talk to someone. And then, after, you know, in between those MC will come back and she'll be like, or he will be like, all right. Tell me someone who you met and tell me a fun fact you learn about them. And it really, you really connect with people. It's a really th- great thing. I met like five cool, amazing people there. I met one chick. Who like was super groovy? Not gonna go into that, but like I'm just I'm just that's <laughs> I'll all I'm just. <laughs> I'll see, yeah, yeah. Tell you that later off camera, but like uh like it's just been it's it's cool. It's organic. It's like that's what it that's what I want. I want the organic. That I'm tired of the apps and like meeting all you know, like I just want to meet people like in the old days. And <laughs> how my folks or grand folks told me, but like definitely check it out that's the point i'm trying to get to is that there is so far oh, I
1: definitely so far yeah. sounds
0: in phoenix you just have to look and you can meet amazing because you go there and people want to be there so it's not like you have people talking and stuff like you actually hear to hear the the musician actually play their music because you know when you go to some place that everyone's kind of talking in the background or whatever like when a musician's playing at a bar or something it's like That's what the founder's idea was. His idea was to like, you come to this place, this tight kind of place, but you're here for the musician. You actually hear, listen to the lyrics, the story they're telling you, but also in the intermission, meet people. And it's like, that's a form of community. And, uh, wherever whoever listens to this podcast definitely goes so far sounds and just (laughs) like i'm plugging them but like go check it out because you can meet so many cool people like it's like i think finding any outlets of that it's so crucial nowadays
1: oh my gosh yeah that's so cool i definitely want to check that out um and i think especially it's hard to find community around music just because there's i mean everyone wants to go and play like a volleyball tournament or go like I don't know, go play sports somewhere, go get drinks. But, like, music is, like, where are you going to find someone with your music taste or where are you going to go find a venue where it feels personal and you're not just going to go, you know, eat dinner and, like, listen to live music. And so that's really unique and such a cool idea. I'm sure, like, right after COVID, everyone wanted just to hear live music again.
0: Oh, yeah, And and also that's acoustic. So, like, if they made, like, a song that was, like, I don't know, electronic or something, they had to do an acoustic version of it. It has to be all acoustic. There is no. love that. There are speakers, but they're small and stuff. They're trying to make it, and they have like the little, like, uh, sparkly lights, that indie light kind of scene, and like, they make it very cozy. You know, it's like some indie film that you just wish you were a part of and you're actually in it. And it's just such a great experience. And, um, it gets crazy when he also like if that's someone's random house that you have to go to it's just like what the fuck you know at first you're like kind of like is this safe but you realize it's cool you see people going in you're all chill it's just a fun time man and I think also just doing hobbies because like I know you were into graphic design I remember you were showing mm-hmm. me like have you I mean since COVID and stuff, have you pursued the graphic on the side here
1: Um, I wouldn't say I have pursued it, but luckily in my job, I get to use it a lot because I work with our marketing team. So for any of the smaller projects, like if they need help making, um, an infographic on some information about, which sounds really boring, but it's actually really cool. I I love putting, um, color schemes together and matching it with fonts that make sense and making everything look nice on paper because no one wants to read like an eight page paper you know, basically, it looks really boring. So if I can make it look good, and I can also get a message across that I believe in, I think it's really cool. So um, I still do that in my everyday job, which I have been loving. Um, And I just get to help out people who are pitching uh, their projects to like really big companies, but their at least their slide deck looks really nice. Um, And it looks like we care about what we're talking about. It's not thrown together. It's not um it doesn't look like someone who is 80 years old and just got their first like dinosaur computer did it. And it looks really nice and professional. And um, so I really like kind of putting in that TLC to design in my work. Um, I would like to get back into design. I thought about it. Um, it is like kind of a stress reliever for me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so um, I would like to get back into it, but I think when I use it at work, then I go home and I'm like, I don't even want to touch Illustrator or Photoshop. So, um, but no, I still love it.
0: That's, I mean, I think any type of the arts, it's like a great outlet, you know, it's cool to hear that you can use it in your work. I understand when it gets a little like annoying, cause like you have to do some design, but you're so tired from like a long day of work. It can be stressful, but you know, um. Honestly, I don't know where I was going to go with that. I just, it's just, it is what it is. That's all I'm going to say. But You're like, not
1: wrong. Yep.
0: but it's, you know, it's better than coding. That's all I say to myself. You know, I'm glad I'm not coding. I'm glad I'm just that's making true. music yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, man. I was
1: afraid that was going to be my job, but luckily I'm not coding at all in my job.
0: That is so nice. I feel like that's what most like, I look at jobs here and there on LinkedIn and stuff, you know, after grad school for me and just like a lot of music, jobs, I see it's like, they want you to know some type of coding. And I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I tried to avoid this by all costs. I like study all, so much theory, and all the stuff. And like sound acoustics and how sound works. And then I see like, I have every check mark, And then just coding is one of the most important ones I need here. And I'm like, God, fucking damn it. Why is this? Like, because Google and Apple are here and stuff. So that's why.
1: Oh, yeah, is there any coding in music industry? like how would you use it in music
0: so like for for games, you know they you know doing sound design for games and stuff, which I think is super fun. You need to know how to embed or with the code your music and bring it into there and like I've learned a little bit in my school and stuff, and it's 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 not hard. It's just tedious. It's just like you have to sit there, and I am not a fast fucking typer. So it's like, you know, fingers, like just like plucking away, just trying to like type these as fast as I can just to get the music in. And I'm just like, God damn. But it, it I mean, if I just, you know, do the work and just say it's okay, this is one thing. If you just do it, it, it will pay off in the end. I think it's fine. But yeah, I just hate the idea of coding. You're taking away the whole music creativity because like I'm all here for playing and jamming and just like grooving out and making people smile. That's all I want to do. At the end of the day, Yeah,
1: coding isn't all that.
0: <laughs> no, it's not at all. So like, folks, if you want to be a creative, you know, try your hardest to make the most connections. Because avoid coding. That's like what I realized. I've been trying to make the most connections since here. And like, I realize I feel like the four years of Tucson or U of A, which is kind of a waste, at least for me, because job fairs, there was no like you know you know audio engineering people or professions are coming to our school and talking to us. It was more orchestral conductors are coming to see the students to see if they want to bring them as their new players or jazz artists. It was like I don't know game designers, any of those types of folks were not coming to U of A, and I was like, they really need to branch like music producer, as we call beat makers nowadays and you know composers and arrangers separate they are like two different categories there should be its own bachelor and that's like the one thing i feel like u of a could work on in the music department so that that is my that that is my rant for today
1: (laughs) no you're totally right there wasn't at least from a business standpoint there wasn't a big music influence at eller or just (laughs) oh man i'm so sorry great you have to just edit out all these
0: coughs. okay summer so you should know i don't i keep everything i just keep it all grant, please i keep feel like <laughs> so like this grant please is gonna stay because like it's like people already say there's fake news fake this i keep it all real here i like if i say something stupid or i go off track to a tangent it's just gonna stay in here the people just know that i'm like so they're going to hear the cops they're going to hear that's
1: amazing that's <laughs>
0: well,
1: raw and real
0: <laughs> it's it, exactly exactly but um yeah i think we got everything honestly i'm just kind of like i'm just kind of going on tangents here but like we i i mostly just want to say thank you for coming on here and just talking about like the nonprofits because i think that's like not a lot of information's out there about nonprofits you know and i think whoever who does listen to this is interested in nonprofit. i think definitely go volunteer at a place before like you know that should be the general volunteer at a place whatever you're interested in and then seeing if you if, i love how you're coughing while i'm talking
1: uh uh, 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 uh <laughs> no you're totally right yeah. i i am so grateful to be on your podcast even though I sound like death itself. I appreciate it.
0: It's um, all good. But
1: I'm always done with talk about nonprofits and that sector and the industry. It's it's so cool. And the more exposure and education around it, the better. And be next time I won't have a plague, but. Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: Cause I definitely want you to come on next time for sure. And like you and Astrid, if you remember Astrid Josh. Yeah, Lister, I remember, yeah. Because she's been doing great. And like, you know, working at like nonprofits and like, like that also, that's another tangent, but like, you know, how that all connected and you were talking about, it's like, yeah, I can hook you up here and here. And I was like, wow. Okay. She's trying to, I'm trying to get her on. So that'd be great to have all of you guys, like people who are interested in the nonprofit, just like a whole discussion about that. But, um, I hope you all people on grand tastic fans like this episode and, you know, drink water, no pun intended, you know, stay hydrated. It's for real. Be good to yourself. Um, love yourself. Uh, and uh, be good Stay to groovy. others yeah be and be groovy 100 percent. so we hope you all had a great uh evening listening to this or morning or wherever the fuck you are but um thank you for listening to grandtastic i hope you all have a good one
1: thank you <laughs>